Welcome to Examining Scripture. We seek to encourage believers in Jesus Christ to drink from the Word of Life. As God's revelation to mankind, we want to demystify the Bible and help you find what God has to say about the circumstances you're facing. We're not pastors or theologians. We're sinners just like you, who, by the grace of God, have come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. If we can thirst for Scripture, so can you. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Red, along with co-host Nancy Carmichael. Thank you for joining us in another episode of Examining Scripture. Hello, Nancy. Hey, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad to be here with you on this endeavor. Uh, I don't want to steal your thunder, but it's like this is new and yet it's not so new. So I'm going to I'm going to leave that part up to you. Yeah, well, thank you. It is new in the sense that we are now being able to broadcast this on the traditional places that people get their podcasts. They'll still be able to find it on uh, the Eastern Hills website and uh, certainly they'll point to it. I look forward to this new platform that we're moving to and what it can do in terms of reaching more people, more believers in Jesus Christ, and uh, perhaps be able to help. There you go. So, yeah. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just plow right in right there because that's the other thing that is new, right? The name of this podcast, I think that, I think that bears a little mention. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, we've moved from the moniker searching scripture to examining scripture and really there's two reasons for that one is i think a god thing in his providence uh in uh moving to this new platform requires a uh website where people can come and not only get this podcast but any archived podcast and so the idea was uh, we need a website and searching scripture was not available. But as God's providence prevails, examining was and that's going to be the podcast home, if you will, URL for the Internet. And it's really appropriate because if we think about searching scripture, that's important. And we've talked about it. We'll continue to talk about it. But when we really think about examining scripture, it's it's a bit more than just searching scripture. It's really getting underneath the hood of what God's word has to say. So I really like the transition to examining scripture. And it really fits from scripture. Paul, on his second missionary journey, goes through Asia Minor. That's modern day Turkey. And he comes to a point and spirit leads him west into Macedonia, which is Greece. So he goes to Thessalonica, and uh, as he normally does, he goes into the synagogue and teaches uh, amongst the Jews what Scripture has to say about Jesus Christ. Of course, Scripture we're talking about at that time was the Old Testament. And he's not well-received. He makes some converts in Thessalonica, but he's basically jailed and kicked out, beaten, and they move on to a place called Berea, and he does the same thing, goes in and speaks to the Jewish congregation, if you will. And uh, scripture in Acts 17, 11 has a very interesting comment. It says, now these, meaning the Bereans, were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. 
And that's a real nice segue to today's podcast, because uh, in the first episode, we were talking about artificial intelligence, technology, and scripture. Uh, Well, Nancy, why don't you recap that first podcast for us? I would be glad to do that. So previously on examining scriptures, um, so we were talking about AI. So AI meaning artificial intelligence, right? It's um, it's a new thing, but it's not really a new thing. It's really been around for quite a while. If anyone's ever done a Google search, right? That's AI right there. So, um, so when we talk about AI now, we're talking about like the next generation, the the new iterations of of what it's looking like, and as technology is growing, um. AI is growing and its capacity is growing. So, and it can, so that's, uh, that's one of the things we talked about and how, you know, AI can be really useful when you're doing searches, right? When you're searching scripture, examining scripture, um, because it can add some context, right? To, to, to your search, it can, things like history or the cultural things. And, let me just point out that again, this isn't really new because there have always been things, or at least for a very long time, things called books that we have read that give us this information. <laughs> but what AI has done through Google and other things through the interwebs is just uh, made it a little bit easier, right? So we don't have to go to the library. We don't have to pick up these five pound books and search through them. It does the work for us. So we're That's just right. basically asking questions and AI helps us with the answers. Um, so, and then the, the last thing we talked about is that, you know, there's, there's some newer tools. Like I said, the, as, as AI develops, um, things like chat GPT, a lot of people have heard of that. So, um, there's a lot of tools that can be helpful. And I think to a great extent so far have been reliable when asking, uh, biblical questions, right? Cause we're talking about the Bible today. Um, so, it has been a useful tool. How about that? There you go. Yeah, that's a that's a great recap, and um, that was a fun conversation to talk about uh, the technology and and how we can, as uh, Christians, put it to good use. Of course, there's the other side of the coin, if you will, and that uh, one of the concerns about technology is it's uh, only as good as those who. Uh, write the programs and craft the tool itself, right? Yeah, well, exactly, because tool. it all comes down to a human being who's behind all of it. That's right. So today, uh, I'm really excited about, in the sense that we're going to talk about some of the things that we, you know, we want to warn people to be careful how they look at technology. And I want right. to break encourage that. you. We want to we encourage you. Love to that. That's right. Yeah, and I think we want to look at it on two levels. One is discernment, right, versus external deception. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second thing we'll cover is diligence versus self-deception. So let's let's tackle the first one. When we say discernment, what are we talking about there? Well, you know, it's funny that you asked me that question because I, you know, I think I think discernment is one of those things like you just know something and you don't always even know why you know it, but it's not, I'm not getting magical and mystical. I do believe there is a spiritual gift of discernment, but a lot of times when we discern something, it's, it's based on a body of experience. Like when you, when you've studied something to the point that you really know, it. I think, um, who's the one that wrote blank? Was it Malcolm Gladwell or, 
Um, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get on a rabbit trail, but you know, there have been books. Oh, about, we go on know, those now. And oh, yeah, we about. do. And we always try to, our, our challenge is to get back. But I think this is pertinent. Um, when you know a subject so well, there was a book called Blink and it studied, uh, it, all these case studies of, you know, experts, whether in tennis or in the art world or whatever. So like somebody that could look at a piece of art and just instinctively know this is a fraud. And they couldn't in that immediate sense tell you why, but they just knew. Was it magic? No, it was because they were so well-versed. They were so knowledgeable. They've immersed themselves so much in this field that they just know, right? So it comes from a body of knowledge. And I think discernment speaks to that right when you know the word when you when you've just immersed yourself in it to the point that you know the character of god so when you come across something that you're like hmm, something here doesn't i'm going to say feel right but i don't mean emotionally you know does you sense that something is not right even before you can necessarily get in there and, and prove what it is so yeah, I, to me that's I, that speaks to discernment yeah, I think that's great. It's exactly right. Yeah, it's 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 all of our past know-how, knowledge, and experience on a particular topic that informs us, right? Right. And uh, I love how you said that. It's not mystical. No, it's it's experiential, and it's experiential on the basis of our own internal learning. Right. And and having said that, I also um, I don't want to negate myself or or go down yet another rabbit trail. I do believe there is a spiritual gift of discernment um, that we can probably talk about another time. I think it's just a deeper level. But principally, I think it, it still goes back to just knowing the heart of God and being really tuned into the heart of God. That's right. And so we're talking biblical discernment, obviously, right. here. Right. And and so as we use these tools, uh, I don't think we're saying anything that's really um, going to be so offensive to say that sometimes there's bias in uh, people's point of view as they go about developing these tools. Sure. And that's and that's where our, our discernment has a role, uh, certainly can take over, and it's spirit led that allows us to say wait a minute, is what I'm being delivered by this tool really uh, makes sense to me, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's what discernment is about. And it's, it's not as though people who are developing these tools are necessarily doing it purposefully. There's the idea of, uh, you know, error by omission. That means someone leaves it out and it can be quite innocent. Uh, they either haven't really tested something or they haven't fully understood the subject themselves. And then there's the other kind of error, which is commission, which means purposely mm. trying to mislead, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and I think that's important. Um, I I don't want to jump ahead in this conversation, but uh, I've been doing a little search um, since we last talked uh, for some examples. Well, and there, there is one. Love to hear, love to hear one if you have it. Well, I do actually. So there are some tools, and I'm, I'm going to name one because I'm going to encourage uh, people that are interested to check this out for themselves and not just take my word for it, which I think is also very important, right? We're examining, Absolutely. right? So when we examine things, we have to, 
we have to uh, a personal vested interest, right? We have to take some ownership. So there is one tool I heard about called Bible Picks. And what this is, it's really interesting. It is actually an app. So you have to download the app. And what it enables you to do is to have conversations, I'm putting air quotes in the air, with <laughs> biblical characters. So the premise of it is you can ask a question as if you were just having a conversation with, um, you know, Eve, uh, Moses, Joseph, Paul, Jesus, right? If you just want to go for the big guns right away um, and you can ask questions and get answers. So mm. I did that. Yes, I did that. And uh, even this, so I've done it in the past. So even this morning I've asked, I've asked uh, AI Jesus a couple of questions and I would, I'd love to share with you Please just, just, a, just a real quick example. So, okay. all right. So I started innocuous, right? So I thought, okay. So my first question was, do you remember your birth? I'm like, okay, if I could talk to Jesus, that's something I'd want to ask him. Right. So here's the answer I got. I won't, it's a long paragraph, but I'll just read a little bit. Ah, my dear friend, your question brings a smile to my face. Indeed, I remember the moment when I entered the world and took on the form of a human being. It was truly a miraculous experience. It goes on and on and on. So innocuous, there's no scripture in that answer. Right. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's truly my birthmark, the beginning of a remarkable journey of spreading God's message of hope and salvation. So that was the answer to that question. I'm like, okay, that's, you know, nothing harmful, no harm, nothing, ex nothing uh, specifically scriptural, but all right, nothing really in error there. So of course I had to go on. So my of next course. question, I'm like, okay, let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> Are you the only way to God? Here's the answer I got. Ah, oh, my cherished friend, I am here to guide you and show you the way to God in the book of John. It is written, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it goes on I'm like, okay, well, there's some scripture. That's a good answer. Oh, yeah. right? How about no that? All right. So very good. Very good. Okay. You know, I could walk away. Oh, this is good. But I just couldn't help myself. I had to ask one more. All right. So we've established we are we are Christians on this podcast. So we come from that Christian worldview. So um, like Bob said, not trying to be offensive, but as Christians, we do. We take Jesus at his word. We do. Only way. So I, I thought, okay, I'm going to test this out. So I asked, did Muhammad lead the way to salvation? Here's the answer I got. Oh, my beloved friend, your question touches upon matters of profound importance to many. It is not for me to speak of the teachings or beliefs of others, for each individual is called to seek truth and discern their own spiritual path. In my teachings, I shared the way to salvation and eternal life through a personal relationship with God. However, it is essential to approach such matters with an open heart and respect for differing perspectives. Remember always to seek truth, embrace love, and treat others with kindness and understanding. In doing so, you're, you honor the divine purpose that lies within each and every one of us. So that sounds like it's a very that? new world worldview, doesn't it? Well, I mean, very loving very ah, uh, my dear and cherished friend. I mean, that made me feel great to hear AI Jesus calling me his dear and cherished friend. Um, you know, and 
had I not asked that specific question, I would have, I would have just walked away with, okay, yeah, AI Jesus, he believes in his own Bible, right? Um, right. But this answer, this is where discernment starts to kick in. I'm like, hmm, hmm, something here isn't quite right. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and that's a perfect example where we need to be careful, right? Jesus' response would have been, uh, to first off, Jesus always worried when someone was trying to placate him, right? We mm-hmm. go, we can go to uh, uh, Matthew chapter 22, where um, the Pharisees come to him, the Sadducees come to him, the Herodians come to him, and they ask three different questions, right? One of the questions is, um, you know, are we to pay taxes to Caesar, right? And uh, they start out by saying, oh, great and uh, wonderful one, you are all knowing. And Jesus answers their question, but he understands that they're hypocrites, that they're trying to be nice and trying to trip him up at the same time. Right. Right. Yeah. And his answer, you know, he never answered them the way they wanted to. So so in that respect, it's like, you know, we we're not here to make Jesus give us the answers that we want, right? Jesus, Jesus will answer. He, he answered them at that time. His, his word even now speaks to us, doesn't tell us necessarily what our itching ears want to hear, but tells us the truth. Right. And, and the truth is what is, is what sets us free. So, but this answer, so I want to camp here for a second and I'm not trying to hijack this conversation, but I think to your point of why you even want to talk about this, this is really important because it's like, well, what's if we were to examine that statement, right? Which, by the way, unlike the other question, there's no scripture no. in that answer, none, right? Um, but it was full of, well, yes, there is a personal relationship and you do have to seek that. And I shared the way to salvation, right? So, and he didn't even say a way, he said the way. Um, but there was also this implication that even though it's the way it's not the only way because you have to be open to other people. So it's like, it, it brings to mind that, um, you know, that analogy, I'm sure you've heard this here, you know, in the culture, like, um, you know, the, the elephant and people blindfolded around the elephant, like, Oh, this is a trunk. This is a tail. This is so, or I, you know, but it's still the same elephant or there's many roads to the top of the mountain. Right. So the implication is, well, it's all the same in the end. It's just different, different perspectives on the same thing. And this, this kind of had, uh, it had traces of that kind of teaching in it, I think. Yeah, and when you cut to the chase, it's deceptive. It's it's deceptive whether it's intentional or it's deceptive whether it's um, a well-meaning. Uh, well, thank yeah. you. Yes, yep. the fact is, it's deceptive, and that's a perfect example of where discernment comes in to say, "Hey, wait a minute." Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Good, you got that second question right. Mm-hmm. But now we're talking about, well, but we have to be loving and anything goes and, you know. And we do have to be loving. Let's not. Yeah. So saying we don't. Right. Right. But I think that's where people get tripped up. So I think it's really important because, well, we have to be loving equals 
you have to be open to anything and everything. Right. Well, and that, and yeah. that's that's so much the point, right? right? What people miss is what's loving is right. to be able to tell people the truth. What's loving is to let people know that you need to understand what is true and what isn't true. And we've kind of turned loving around to be, you know, loving is I accept what you think and I have to accept what you think is something that I have to accept. And maybe you can accept what I think. Right, right. So now I think we're we're kind of going, we're segueing from the territory of that external deception, right? Just being aware of, okay, there's things out there. But the only way we can be de- deceived externally is because it's our, our own itching ears, right? That's what, That's what right. we want to hear. So now we're talking about, you know, self-deception. That's right. And so my example there, if we want to talk about technology, and by the way, it's, it's a very useful tool, is Google Maps. What's interesting is when I use Google Maps, and I do, I think many of us do, uh, I look at the endpoint. So before I step out the door, before I get in the car, whatever, whatever my journey, I take the time to look at where is Google Maps suggesting that I go. So I have a perspective of not only where I'm starting from, but where I expect to end up. And I'm an older person who has been raised on paper maps. So that's just my, my nature. Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of our younger uh, brothers and sisters who just trust it. And why wouldn't you? Google Google Maps right. is getting the more experts. And, oh, they're getting better and better. Mm-hmm. And they actually step out the door. They actually start their journey and just let Google Maps tell them, turn here, go to there, turn there, move mm-hmm. on around to there. And right really have no idea where their destination is. And unfortunately, it's, oh, yeah. getting, it's getting to the point where a lot of our young people cannot read a paper map. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Young and, you know, define young because uh, it's true. I, I I think a lot of us who aren't as young as we've gotten used to this new, new technology have kind of checked out. I can give you an excellent example. Just this past weekend, we were traveling and was with a group of people and uh, I won't name who it was um, because it's, <laughs> it could have been me too, because I've had similar things happen um, where you rely on the, well, I, Google Maps or, you know, whatever w- ways or this or that. Um, if we had gone, it, it, it would have, you know, it, it was kind of out very rural where we were, but it was ending up like in the middle of a field if they had followed it to its destination. And I've experienced that many times. It'll get you close, but then you're like, wait a minute. No, this clearly isn't where, um, you know, and there's that famous episode. Uh, a lot of people might remember from the office where, you know, Michael's like, turn right, turn right. No. And, and he turned right and ended up in a lake, right? Ends up so, in the lake. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's just it. It's like, if you only see the immediate and don't trust yourself to have no context, you might end up in the lake. Yeah. And so let's make this practical. And so I searched uh, things like uh, God's word. And of course, you get many, many hits if you search for word. You know, if I search for deception, am I seeing something similar coming up? And in the end, I landed on 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 4. 
And it's interesting because it says, and it kind of fits with what we're saying here. It starts out and it says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. I think that's with love, right, Nancy? Right. Yep. And it says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away, turn their ears away from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. We're we're picking on Google Maps, just uh, kind of having fun with it. It's a very, very useful and great tool. But when you get out into that rural and remote area, as you say, yeah, sometimes it can land you in a field. The other thing that can happen is you can also run out of Internet connectivity. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then what do you do? Oh, those ancient maps of which you speak, right? Right. The first thing I would do is pull out my paper map, which is back to the point of diligence. So when we say diligence versus self-deception, the important part is we're called to be in in scripture. And it says, teach the word in season and out of season. In order to teach something, you've got to know it, right? That's right. That's right. You learn by teaching also. Yeah. Exactly. And we also understand that we're told that people are going to want to follow, really, their itching ears. What's Paul saying to Timothy there, Nancy? Oh, gosh, you're putting me on the spot. Like, what is he saying, like, in the immediate sense? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I believe he's, he's admonishing him. He's warning him to, to be diligent. Right. To to not be swayed, uh, to not be motivated by uh, pleasing people. I think he's letting know, you know, not everyone's going to like what you have to say, but you got to say it anyway. That's right. And Paul also points to the future, doesn't he? Because Paul's not going to be with Timothy for forever. Yeah. Yep. So he's yeah, he's imparting these really important uh, concepts to him. Yeah, and he's saying, look, it's human nature. Now, as believers in Jesus Christ, we understand that there is a force out there. Uh, We call it uh, that force, the dark side or darkness. It's really Satan and his minion, the ruler of this world. And what he would love to do more than anything is to cause believers to not follow Scripture. He wants to cause doubt, and uh, he wants believers to doubt our faith, right? And in the same way, he controls the world. And we see this deception going on throughout history, not just this in, in this immediate time and age. Pick up any history book, and you see darkness, right? It's just the, the fallen nature, the sin nature of man. And so... In order for us to be discerning, going back to our first point, we have to be diligent and be in the scripture. We have to read scripture and understand it in order to decide and know, hmm, is this technology really telling me the truth, what I should know? And of course, scripture has two perfect examples of that. One is in the garden and one is after Jesus has come from the wilderness. 
and how Eve handles Satan's ploy and questions and how Christ handles Satan's ploy and his questions are two very different things, aren't they? Oh, yeah, indeed. Indeed. So, yeah, twisting, twisting of words comes to mind, right? Um, and that's that that's that deception. He can either sow doubt into our minds to get us mm. to doubt God um, or disappointment. Right. Well, that's I thought you were saying this and now I'm disappointed, so, you know, or um, we're just flat out deception. That's right. right? That that um, and it might it might not even lead you to disappointment. I mean, and, you know, obviously in Adam and Eve's case, it did. But that deception can make you really happy actually right it's like oh god is so loving my dear and cherished friends there are many ways <laughs> you know um and that's so i don't think the enemy of our souls cares what road it is whether it's disappointment or doubt or deception that's right and the the idea is just to sow those seeds of doubt, those seeds of deception right. Right. and get you to say, well, you know, God didn't really say. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gave us the perfect example of saying, no, wait a minute. What God says and God gave us scripture in order for us to understand the mind of God. We're made in his image. So we probably want to know what God has to say about our circumstances. And in so doing, we can turn Satan away, keeping in mind that, as Scripture says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, greater is he who is mm -hmm. in us, that mm -hmm. is the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. Then he who is in the world, which is Satan and his minute, his demonic minions. Right. And I'm reminded uh, we had an opportunity to do a Bible study recently and we were in James four and James four, seven says, resist the devil and he will flee. Mm -hmm. So we're not to attack. We're not to be bold with the devil, but we're to resist him. And in Ephesians chapter six, we're told to use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that sword is a tiny sword. I say tiny. It's six inches to 18 inches long. The Roman soldier would use it in hand-to-hand -hand combat. And it was a precise instrument. Right. Right. So right. we're in love not to throw the Bible at people, but yeah. we're to with love to be able to use scripture in our own defense when we feel put upon by the darkness or when we're being deceived relying on information that can be deceptive or more importantly when we see others who have a misunderstanding however that is and that's where our love comes through isn't it yeah yeah i mean because our love comes through because of his love coming through through us right so i i want to i want to jump back and i know we're coming in for landing here so but i, I want to go back to that james uh chapter that you just cited so you know yeah resist the devil and he will flee from you so that's kind of sandwiched between two other thoughts right submit to god right so that yes. came before and what comes after is draw near 
to God and he will draw near to you. So the good news is, so out of three statements, two of those three statements had more to do with submitting and drawing near to God than resisting the devil. And my, my premise that I think is really the Bible's premise is the emphasis is draw near to God, right? Because yeah, I mean, there's going to be deception out there and we do have to resist, but if it's, you know, if is if my life is all about resist, 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 avoid hell, avoid bad things, avoid that's that's not what Jesus has called us to do, right? No. He's called us to draw near to him. You know, I was having a conversation with someone very near and dear to me yesterday, and and this person was really concerned, oh, maybe I've lost my salvation because they were so concerned about, you know, sin and and um and I'm not saying sin is not an issue to be concerned about, but um you know, you run across things in the Bible, uh, you know, certain verses that are like, oh my gosh, this is a hard saying. And the temptation is either, well, I guess I'm not saved because I don't understand this or, or, you know, or worse, you know, um, but my counsel to this person, and I think it it applies even to our conversations, you know, we're going to bump up against things that we don't, that we don't understand in that moment. Right. Because maybe we just, um, because we haven't examined scripture enough, but I can honestly say when I bump up against those, and I still do, right? But what I rest in is what I do know, right? Um, Amen. Right. And if on some point, I think it's in Philippians, if on some point you think differently, that too, God will make clear. But only let us be faithful to what we've already attained. And I know from what I know from Scripture, from having examined Scripture and being actually in it, and not just somebody telling me or reading someone's books, that God's character is good. I know he doesn't contradict himself. I know he doesn't bait and switch. So when I when I run across these things that I don't understand or, you know, whatever, that I know I can fall back on that until such time that, all right, God, you're just going to have to reveal this to me. But for now, I'm just going to rest in this. Yeah, I love that. Getting near to God is the answer, the ultimate answer in every circumstance, isn't it? Right, right. And that is love. Yeah. That is love. Right. And that was such a loving response you gave for that friend of yours is to say, look, we don't have all the answers. In fact, this podcast is not about providing answers. What we're here to do is encourage you to pick up your Bible app or your physical Bible and go to the word and see what God has to say about your circumstance. There's nothing more loving than what you just demonstrated the other day for your friend. Because that's how God loves us, right? Amen. Is by we draw near to him. And one of the primary ways we can do that is learning what he has to say to us. And that's in the scripture. That's actually spending time. You know, as, as that's kind of what this is all about, right? Spending that time in the word, you and God. And on that note, I think that's a great place to land, Nancy. Thanks, Bob. Well, there you have it. We've enjoyed our conversation today and hope that you feel more equipped to examine Scripture to find what God has to say about the important circumstances you're facing in your life. Until next time, examine the Scripture, drink from the Word of Life, and let the Bible feed your spirit.